Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. But I'd just like to talk a little bit tonight. I had a subject, and I was going to continue on something, but for some reason, the Spirit of God is just impressing in my spirit to talk to you a little bit about faith. And uh, I think it's important to talk about the subject of faith, especially because of what we've seen today. Just to, really, I think the last two Sunday morning messages this, this morning that all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ in showing His great love wherewith He loved us, none of it can be appropriated without faith. I mean nothing. Nothing can be. You cannot appropriate the blessings of God without faith. Amen? That's true. And in understanding the subject of faith, I have found this out in my own life. Actually, if you, if, you get it, if you get it right from the beginning in the Spirit, you won't have any problem. But if you get your intellect in the way, and you get your, you know, your mind in the way, your senses, if you're dominated by the senses, then people have a, whole, a really a hard time in understanding the subject of faith and how it works. And we shouldn't have a hard time understanding how faith works. Amen? We shouldn't have a hard time understanding how the subject of faith works. How faith works. How to appropriate in our lives. Faith is nothing more than accepting the fact that what God did so. I think I like to just say it just like this. Did God say He laid my sin on Jesus? Then He did. That settles the fact right there. Did He say that? Did He say He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin? That I might be made the righteous of God in Christ? Well, then he did. It's that simple. Did he say that? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says he said that, right? Well, then all faith says is, I'm not trying to get it. Then I have it now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. See, that's what it says. That's what it says. Faith says that I am who the Word of God says I am. Faith says I have now what the Word of God says I have now. Now, James gave us a reference on the subject of faith, and he said, Faith without corresponding actions or without works is dead being alone. In other words, if your actions do not correspond to your faith, well then, it's dead. It won't work. Now, you, you might say, well, then what are the actions that correspond to faith? Well, the actions that correspond to faith is what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth and what you do. What are the corresponding actions in the area of salvation? Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus. But is that all there is to it? No, no, no. Remember over there in Ephesians, the second chapter, Paul said... 
You hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the lust of the flesh, or the lust of this world, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that among whom we all, every one of us here, had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature, even as others, are children of wrath. But God, who was rich in his mercy towards us, rich in his mercy towards us. And for his great love wherewith he loved us. That great love wherewith he loved us. Even while we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. And has made us to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show. He's putting on a show. Did you know God's in the film business? I said he's putting on a show. A demonstration. A demonstration. He might show what is the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. Boy, if God before you, who can be against you? For by grace are you saved through what? Through what? Through faith. See, the area of believing in your heart involves a lot of understanding. And there are some people that have taken off in the area of faith. Now, I'm going to give an example. And the reason why the Spirit of God let me to say this is because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of teaching going on right now. I just read article after article after. I didn't know Christians like this. Shame on them. Shame on them. There are a lot of... I, read a lot, I just read an article just, just yesterday and read one day before. Somebody's talk, talking about this faith and confession business. And, you know, I don't think I've ever said, I don't think I've ever taught that faith means you, you just confess or just positive thinking. I think somebody said it like this, the positive confession controversy. Faith is not a, just, a, just a positive confession. How many of you know that? Faith, faith is not just a positive. Just because you say something doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's the principle. There's principles and formulas and and really, we only write down and talk about formulas just for the sake of clarifying what the Word of God says, just to give you an idea of what you're supposed to be doing. But, but I read these articles, and this is, this is what happened. I'm going to share with you some things just so you can begin to see some things. And I don't believe we teach an unbalanced faith. I mean, you know, that Scripture says, For by grace are you saved through what? Okay. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore being justified by what? How are you justified? Justified means you were made just as if you never sinned, right? How were you, you made that way? In other words, it seems to me that without faith, without faith, this here subject of faith, without all the mercy, all the love, all the kindness, all the grace, all the things that God had done for you and me, without faith mean nothing. I'll show you that. Show me a guy who died without Jesus. I'll show you a guy who wasn't saved before. By grace through faith. Amen. So if that one subject, faith, is that important, that you have to have it and understand it to get saved, then you better believe, friends, it's a very important subject of the Bible. And I'll go a step further than that. The only reason why it's so easy to get saved is because... Now, this is for a person who knows about Jesus. The only reason why it's easy for a person to get saved by faith is because... There's nobody else to trust for salvation. You can't go get your grandpa and say, Well, grandpa saved me. 
Now, some people think they can get Muhammad and some of these other fellows, but, but you know, it doesn't work. They won't get saved. But you see, when there is not, there's no other source. There's no, and there's nobody else to go to to get saved. So consequently, it's easy for me to put my faith in Jesus for the salvation of my soul. Amen? Why? Because there's nobody else to turn to. But in every area of life other than salvation, you've got another frame of reference. In the area of divine healing, you've got the medical field, you've got the mental field, etc. In the area of finances, you've got the monetary system of this world. In every other area of your life, you have got more than one frame of reference. And that's why it's harder for God's people to just let God be their frame, only frame of reference. Because, you see, we, we, we're, when we grow up, we're accustomed and adjusted to the other frames of reference. But when it comes to being saved, you say, oh, no, to nobody else but Jesus Christ. Well, that's all there is. That's all there is to be saved. There's nobody else. And so it's easy to get somebody born again as long as they believe and know what's, you know, in the plan of redemption. And faith in that area is very easy to appropriate. So you just give them and say, now, come on, brother. Just come over here. And you believe Jesus died for your sins? Yep, 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 yep I do. Do you believe he was raised from the dead for your justification? I believe that nobody else was raised from my justification. Well, glory be to God. Now, you see, you preach to him the word of faith, and he, he speaks the word from his heart, believes from his heart, speaks with his mouth, and what happens? Was there a shadow of doubt? Who else, why should there be any doubt? Who else is there? Now, you get somebody else who might have believed in somebody else, like Muhammad or somebody like that. Well, then you'd have to do a little bit of talking to convince that person. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? But you see, when it comes to the other areas of your Christian walk, the people have too many other frames of reference. And so instead of putting their complete trust, faith, beloved, is putting your complete trust in Him. Complete. Without any other frame of reference. Now, this one lady, this one lady was a victim of poor teaching. That I know I've never preached from this pulpit in this manner. But they took a hold. They got inside like a little group inside. They thought they was the faith group, see. Now listen to me. They thought they was the faith bunch. And so they said, hey, we're going to show this people what faith is all about. And so they went off and, and got formed their own little group. Met the, the Bible study met in, that, in uh, this fellow's house. And uh, this fellow was the head of the whole thing. And he, 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 he knew it all about faith. He knew all there was about faith. And uh, they just began to talk about faith. And if you've got faith, you don't, do, you don't go to a doctor. You don't do this. You don't do that. And start dictating to, listen to me, start dictating that what they should do, what they shouldn't do if they had faith. So this lady goes and she has, she's ready to have a baby. And she gives birth to a child. Of course, wouldn't, ever, wouldn't go near a doctor. Wouldn't go near a hospital to have a baby. No, no, no. If you go to a hospital, you have no faith. No faith. No faith. So she had the baby. And the Bible study group, God called to the house because she was very weak. Lost a lot of blood. Baby was fine. Lost a lot of blood. Lost more blood. Lost more blood. Lost more blood. They all gathered around her and started praying. praying, 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 praying. She died. She died. She died. Now someone said, someone called on the phone and said, how's sister so-and-so? Just had the baby. How's sister so-and-so? Oh, we pray. She's fine. She's fine. That group didn't tell anybody she died. 
called next day. Hi, Sister So-and-so next day. She's fine. We believe, she, they believe she's raised up from the dead. She's lying there dead. She's fine. Third day goes by. She's dead. Hi, Sister So-and-so. She's fine. She's fine. It took four days before the authorities found out that the, she'd passed away. Beloved, that's not faith. That's the furthest thing. That's foolishness. That's ignorance of the Word of God. And do you know what the devil's using in things like this here? People that are not being properly taught how to use their faith are going off in this area of fanaticism and wildfire. And calamities and tragedies like this are happening. Beloved, if you have faith, have if hast thou faith, have it between yourself and God. Don't go tell me or somebody else. Don't you dare go to a doctor. If you do, you have no faith. Beloved, I want to tell you something right now. Those That group is responsible for that woman's death and the upbringing of that child because they let her off in the air in deception. That's ridiculous. I, 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 for the life of me, I don't know where people get this in the Bible. I don't understand it. I've never had a problem understanding faith. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, we all got the same thing, but I said, I never had any problem understanding. Faith and wisdom go together. But can you see how people have got into this, this I, I don't know what kind of world they're in, some kind of utopia, I guess, where they think that this is all there is to it. Listen to me. God is more than a God of faith. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's a God of faith, compassion, kindness, goodness. We can name them all. But listen to me. Faith is very important. But you've got to understand how faith works. You have got to understand the depths of God's love for you. You've got to know and understand His mercy. You've got to understand His kindness. You've got to know judgment. And you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. And unless you're operating by the Spirit of God, you're, just, you're going to get off into an area of foolishness and presumption. And I mean to tell you, look out. That's why you don't hear me. I'm not telling you from this pulpit what I do. I don't like to give you testimonies of what I do. You say, why? Well, because I don't want to get somebody else doing it just because I did it. Every time I give the testimony of when Lisa fell and... Uh, you know the story, the testimony. I tell people, don't you do it. Don't you do it because I did it. Don't you do anything unless you know inside your heart. Faith works every time you work it. Your faith will never fail you if you operate it. But do you remember a fellow named Peter in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew? How many remember that fellow? How many think highly of Peter? I mean, he came pretty far in the Christian walk, didn't he? I see that he did. But do you know that Jesus said in that 14th chapter, when he got out on the water, now listen to me, he got out of that boat, got under the water. Sometimes that's where faith works. You know that? Matter of fact, I'm going to put it this way. That's where faith works. That's where faith works, out on the water. It works on the water. Sometimes in a life-death situation, too, like he was. That was a life-death situation. I mean, there wasn't anybody else under there to pick him up. 
And that's why I try to get across to this body of believers that according unto your faith, so be unto you. Listen to this. Jesus said, Peter, oh, you of little faith. You know, some people get offended when, I, when they hear someone say, well, maybe you didn't have enough faith. Or maybe your faith wasn't working for you. Or maybe you missed it somewhere else. They get offended at that. But Jesus told Peter, who walked with him, who talked with him, for three years, Peter, oh, ye of little faith. But what did he do? He got out of the boat, walked on the water. I mean, he just got out of the boat, walked on, would you do that? And he called that little faith. Wherefore did his thou die? Well, he may have started out in strong faith, but he certainly ended up with just a little bit of it. Now, you may be that way. You know why? Because there's more than faith. See, we try to teach these subjects and we want to teach them right on. And some say, why are you spend so much time in the air of faith? Because of things like this happen right here. That's why. Now, I can go on and on and give you more. Children have died because of foolishness. You say, are you trying to instill doubt? No, no, I'm just telling you how it works. I'm telling you that it does work. It will work all the time, every time you work it. But you see, we don't get off in the air as a wildfire and fanaticism because if we do, let's put it this way, God's not out there. He can't reach you in that world. He's not found in the presumption world. He's not found in the foolishness world. He is found in the faith world. And faith is born and it's a product of the human spirit. And every time you know that you know that you know on the inside, on the inside. Now I'll give you another example. Uh, this is just this is just an idea of being led by the Spirit of God. This here one minister and his wife, they went to bed one night. And in the middle of the night, they were pastoring a church. And in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the Spirit of God. They, they got on their knees and began to pray. They had people from their congregation that were going away on vacation. They were driving all night. And so while they were praying, they figured, well, it must be some of these people who are driving all night. I know they have to come home. And so they're probably, you know, try, you know either getting sleepy or whatever. And so we'll just pray and intercede the Spirit. Well, they said, no, this isn't it. They prayed for a while. They said, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. There's something else. There's something else. So they kept praying and kept praying. They couldn't get any release in the Spirit. So they said, finally, let's agree together. Somebody's life is in danger. Let's agree together that whoever, whose life is in danger, whoever it is, that the Spirit of God would give them a revelation through either a vision or a dream or some, some way, somehow, that the Spirit of God would make it known unto them that their life is in danger. Now, this one fellow from their congregation, he goes to the work the next day. And uh, when he gets on the job there, he says, uh, the boss says, go up there and, and do this such and such job. And the other fellow reported off said, you go up there and do this job. Well, the, well, the fellow said, now, now uh, he said, now, he started to walk up. He walked half up and then he turned around and came right back down to the bottom of the thing. And he got down to the bottom and he said, I'm not going to do it. He said, well, what do you mean you're not going to do it? He says, go up there and fix that. He says, no, I'm not going to do it. He says, why aren't you going to do it? He said, because last night I had a dream. And in my dream, in my dream, I dreamt that this fella reported off work and you told me to go up and do his job. And the moment I got up there, ten minutes later, the cable broke and cut my head off. He said, I dreamt that last night. Now, beloved, if that guy wanted to say, well, I'm a man of faith. I'm going to go up there and blessed be God. See, the Spirit of God doesn't work that way. Well, this other fellow who was a Christian, born again Christian, from the Baptist background, and uh, 
I don't like, well, I'll just say it like this. Some of our nominal people don't believe in dreams and visions. And you know that. So this fellow pushes him aside and says, oh, he says, there. He says, I'll go up there and do it, I'll go up there and do it, I'll go up there and do it. Just like that. Now he said the same thing. I mean, you know, God doesn't love anybody, Pentecostal people, more than anybody else, does he? Well, this fellow just took off and just ran upside that thing. He figured, I'm going to show him I'm going to do it. He gets up there. Ten minutes later, the cable broke, cut his head off. His head fell down and hit the other guy in the back. Friends, people are foolish. I don't know if I'm naive or what. I just thought everybody believed like I did. I did. I just thought, how can you make anything? How can you be foolish and presumptuous about something as important as your child's life? How can you be foolish and presumptuous about something as your life? We're talking about life and death. Now, sometimes maybe I don't, people don't know that. We're talking about life and death. It's in the power of our tongue. And there are principles involved. And faith works. It'll always work. Never fail any time somebody worked it. But can you see how foolish this was? Can you see how people have got off in the air? And I don't understand it. I'm talking to another lady. And uh, she was reading this article by somebody. I won't say who. I, I will say this. I used to... Well... What will I say? I'll say it like this. Some of these, and I do not knock any man of God. I will never do that. Some of these men who we have esteemed high, I have found out they don't know anything about faith. Now, they may be good in other areas. And they may, you know, have good revelation and praise God as long as they stay where they're called, you know, stay there. But it seems that to me, for some reason, I don't go around preaching about your pet doctrine. I don't go talking about what you believe and what you don't believe. I, I don't know why they're going around talking. I, I just read the articles talking about faith and they don't know the first thing about the subject. And they're destroying the lives of many people. Many people are not getting their deliverance and their victory, their healings, etc., etc. Et because of these men that are going around doing this. We've trusted and believed their walk with Him. But yet we hear reports like this. Why? Why? Friends, I've under, I understand right now that people do not understand the depths of faith. They get saved and that's it. They do not understand from their hearts the depths of faith. And when somebody tells me that they've got faith and Jesus just stands there and says, Peter, you little faith. Peter, I pray. He said over there, now listen to this. Luke's gospel, I better give you a text. Huh? Luke's gospel, the 22nd chapter. 22nd chapter. And let's take a look at verse 31. I am totally aware. Never come to a place that you think, you know, I've got the answers. I am totally aware. That your faith, if allowed by you, can fail you. In verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. 
And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. In other words, Jesus was saying, Satan, it's the same as us. He's desiring to sift you like wheat. He is desired to have you. And he is doing everything in his limited power, which is brought to nothing, to come against your lack of knowledge or understanding of what faith in God's Word really is about. To, and I've even heard people go off and say, now, now listen to this. Now, you, I don't know if you're here, if you may have said that, but it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. I mean, I just want to clarify something. I heard just, just recently that somebody said that I said Paul had a sickness in his body. Now, friends, I never said such a statement. I never remarked. I met, never met her. Paul did. I don't believe that in the first place. And I don't believe his thorn in his flesh was sickness and disease. But what I'm trying to get across to you is this. Take heed how you hear. Take heed how, you're he- how you hear. You know, your faith can fail you. If your faith is not at a level. Some, some people get off in the area of pride where they think, well, you know, I believe in this and I'll never do anything. Unless you know the Spirit of God may lead you to do something you don't want to do just because He knows your faith is not there. You know that Sister Hagen was led by the Spirit of God through Brother Hagen, the Spirit of God, to go have an operation because her faith was not there? That has nothing to do with his faith. Her faith was not there. He couldn't carry her on her faith all her life, so the Spirit of God let her go. See, you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. This works. It works all the time. Now, the highest way is that you, you get it by faith. But sometimes you're just not in a position. Sometimes some calamity might come upon you and maybe, maybe you're just not aware or ready for it. Before you know it, you said about ten wrong things out of your mouth and you just got yourself in a good mind. So you've got to separate yourself and get your spirit man ready and get your head in the right direction. Because faith works, but it works from your spirit, not from your head. I don't care if you got healed today. Just be concerned about getting your faith and keeping it up at a level where you can always receive from God. See? That's why he said, Peter, I pray that your faith fail not. Faith will always work for you. It will always get you your answer every bit of the time. But we were discussing the subject of judgment. I want to give you a scripture over here. Like I said, we're just going to have a fun time tonight. 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. I want to show you some reasons why faith in certain areas failed to work. It's time we need some answers about some things. You do not know everything about everybody you pray for. Now, you know everything about yourself. <laughs> but you don't know everything about everybody you pray for. And the outward appearance has got nothing to do with it. It's on the heart. God looks upon the heart. In this 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, I want to give you some scriptures that will open up your eyes to some things. To, and I, I want to instill, if I may say this, I want to instill into your spirit a godly fear. A godly reverence of walking in total communion with the Almighty God that we must be concerned of and we must be aware of that we may grow in grace to the proportion where He's designed us to every year of our life. If we see ourselves falling back from that, then it's time to get ourselves in the right direction again. In this 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, I want to show you some reason why some people don't get healed or delivered. And I want to show you some reasons why some people die. And you say, we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Well, let's look at this. We've got to take in the whole counsel of God. Look at the 26th verse. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till He come. 
Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body of the, and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment unto himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, for this cause, many, not all, but many, are weak, underline that, sickly, underline that, and many die. Among you, the body, the church. Well, didn't the pastor believe in faith? Yeah. Didn't they lay hands on the sick? Yeah. Well, why didn't they recover? For this cause, many are weak, sickly, and die among you. Friends, I don't care how much faith you've got. That word damnation means judgment. Look at the next verse. For if we would judge ourselves, we sh should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should listen to this last part of this verse. This will knock somebody's tradition right in the head. That we should not be what? Condemned to where? Huh? Where's the world going? Last I reckon, I mean, last I, you know, I heard that they weren't on their way to heaven. You know that old fellow in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, that was uh, living in uh, fornication with his stepmother? Remember the story? Paul says, I've already judged such fornication shouldn't even be among, it's not even among the Gentiles that someone should have their father's wife. But they were just, you know, they wouldn't judge the man and, and rightfully judge it. So on and so forth. So this man, listen to this. When you persist in disobedience, and you persist in not listening to what, the, what God's called you to do, whether it be in that kind of sin or any other kind of sin, and you know that the Spirit of God is, is striving with you to get you in the right direction, when you persist in disobedience over a period of years, in this case it didn't have to be that long because it was open sin, you know, that fellow was turned over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit would be what? Well, I thought he was saved. Well, he was. But I'll tell you what. Because he wouldn't... What did that scripture say over there in 1 Corinthians 12? 11 chapter? It said, if you would judge yourself, you'd not be just. That fellow wasn't judging himself. So you know what was left to do? It was left up to God to judge him. Now, that man wasn't supposed to be judged for the deeds of his body and deeds in the flesh until he got to heaven, wasn't he? If God didn't judge him, he wouldn't have made it to heaven to get judged. He'd have gone to hell. It says so his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. Well, this fellow, now listen to me. You say, why, 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 why is this so? Why is this so? Well, it's a very simple answer. The man's heart was so hardened to the spirit of God, he couldn't get any instruction any other way. The man couldn't hear anything. He couldn't hear from God if he wanted to. He wouldn't hear from probably the pastor. He wouldn't hear from probably the pastor, the chairman of the board, and maybe a board member. He wouldn't hear from anybody else in the church. So he said, I'm just going to just do what I want to do. And so his heart was so hardened to the Spirit of God, he couldn't hear a voice from God. And before you know it, this guy got up into an area that his heart was so far away from God that the only thing God had left to do in his rich mercy and love for that fellow was turn him over to the devil for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit might be saved. And it's, I'll tell you what, he better just pray, thank God in heaven that he, because of it on his deathbed, or when his flesh was being destroyed, he had enough sense to repent. 
You talk about the mercy of God, God even healed him. Got him back in the church, second, second book of Corinthians. But I'll tell you what, there's not too many that that's blessed to escape that kind of judgment, just like Hezekiah. What do you think that judgment that came upon Hezekiah was? If you continue in the way you're living right now, Isaiah was really saying by the Spirit of God, you are going to surely die. And uh, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, Oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. And, but it took, a, it took a word of the Lord. It shouldn't take a word of the Lord to come like that. You know when you're living in wrongdoing. See? In that case, he, he was able to repent. And when he repented, it was conditional based upon his repentance. He changed his way of living. Turned around, went the other way, and God granted him more. And I believe he granted him 15 years, and I believe that if he had lived right and just do what God said to do, he probably would have gotten more than that. God's mercy is always just outstanding. Now, we got another fellow. We got another fellow. David. David is another fellow. Someone said David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, well, why didn't his faith get him out? Why didn't his faith get him out of the predicament he was in? Friends, we cannot separate the truths of the Bible. We cannot separate the fact that you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. A good example is David when he had committed sin with Bathsheba. And we know that he was, well, as a matter of fact, he planted and sowed and planted, he sowed and planted, he planted these things. And, and finally he got to the point that he was beginning to reap. Well, he got so far into sin that he was judged of the Lord. And when he was judged of the Lord... The voice of the Lord came unto him by Nathan the prophet. As a matter of fact, let's go to 2 Samuel so you can see this in the Word. I want, I want to give, give you a balance of God's Word, and proper balance of God's Word. So that some people could open up their eyes to the fact that you've got to live right before God if you're going to get all the blessings of God. 2 Samuel. And uh, the 11th chapter. Well, let's, let's the 12th chapter. You know the story about the sin that he was living in. And let's take a look at chapter 12. Now notice, we're told that in, in the air of judgment, as we judge, so shall we be judged. Isn't that right? As we judge, so shall we be judged. In chapter 12, And the, the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save a little ewe lamb, which he had brought, nursed up, and grew it together, so on and so forth. Verse 4. And then came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take his own flock. He's given him a little picture here. Verse 5. This man took the, the, the lamb, the only one that he had. In verse 5. David's anger was greatly kindled against this man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. David had righteous judgment. He had righteous judgment. He said, you got, you got all these, you know, sheep here and etc. etc. This guy only got one. You took his only one. You could add all, anyone you want to offer to this fellow. You just you took the only one. Only one. Boy, he, David got mad. He said, boy, you should kill that fellow. Well, verse 7, Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have known of thee, king of Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. You think God doesn't remember what He did for you? And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives and thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if thou had been too little, I would have moreover, moreover, have given unto thee such and such. Oh, dear God, look at that. I'd have given you anything you wanted. You name it. The, the Father said, I'll give you anything you want. That's how faith works. He'll still do that right now. 
But friends, when you get over in the air in judgment, you better look out. See, we've got to have a holy, reverent fear of God's judgment. We've escaped it. But beloved, you just can't live on that borderline and expect all the blessings of God to just be poured out in your lap. Well, let's see this. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord, verse 9, to do evil in his sight that thou hast killed Uriah. He, he, he didn't say, you're, you're, you know, uh, the, other, the enemy killed him. He said, you killed Uriah the high type with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of them. Now therefore the sword shall not depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken thy wi the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord. Now I don't care how dear David was to God's heart. He was a man after God's own heart. But beloved, the wages of sin's death. We've got to be walking in obedience in all the light that we know if faith is going to work in our life all the time. All the time. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil in, against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before your eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou did it secretly, but I'll do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. Whew. David said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. Nathan said unto David, Listen to this. The Lord also hath put... Away thy sin, thou shalt not die. David was guilty of death. That was the mercy of God to spare him from that death. But judgment was pronounced. Howbeit, because thou hast done this, thee hast given the great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child. This child that is born of thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto the house of the Lord, and the Lord struck the child with the rise wife. Bear unto David, and he was very sick. David sought the Lord for the child, so on and so forth. He fasted, he did this, he did. He tried to muster up all the faith that he had, fasted, and etc., etc., etc. You know, friends, sometimes when you get into a place of judgment like this, there's no turning back. Once judgment is pronounced, like in this here case, see, there's no turning back. It's going to come to pass. As you go on and read the rest of that, that child did die. Now listen, I don't know. The, I, I'm not God. You're not God. You don't know everybody's life. That's why we're told, Hast thou faith happened between thyself and, and God? That's it. We're not to go out and run everybody else's life and tell them how to live their life and we're not to get on them if they go to a doctor. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, and I do that. But you see, you can't, we can't be like that. That person might not have the faith just to stand out and step out there and just believe God for themselves. Or that person might be under judgment of some, some kind. And people don't understand the Bible well enough to, to know and pursue to find out some of these things. And so they just speak against it and say it doesn't work. But it does work. It works every time that you work it. But there are many reasons. Number, You know why we don't have communion? More often? Do you know how many people do not rightly discern the Lord's body? And are not living by the fact by His stripes they were healed? I'm not saying can't. I'm, I'm saying at all. Not even attempting. Could care less. Don't believe in it. You think that's easy. To talk like that. But beloved, we are, we are destroying half of what God has done for us. He took away our sin, took away our sickness. It's just as important, seemed to me. And we are obligated to Him and to what He has done 
to pursue the fact that He is the Lord, our healer. I mean, you've got to start somewhere. And for this cause, many are sick. And many are not walking in love. Walking to love, walk, judging themselves. Always quick to judge the other person, but not judging themselves. David was very quick to judge the other fellow that the story that was spoken to him, and he judged him, boy, he condemned him to death. And I'll tell you what, friends, that's exactly the way it is. You could see the fault and the fear in, in, in the life of the other guy, but in your own life, you just don't seem to see it. And I'm not saying you personally, but people just don't seem to see it. And so consequently, yeah, look at that, and so on and so forth. And that's not right in dividing the Lord's body. That body was, was given for you so that you could walk in the love of God. His blood was shed for you that so that you could see everybody in the Spirit. Rightly dividing what Jesus has done for you entails understanding the entirety of our redemption and walking in the light that you have. And if you're not attempting to walk in the light that you have, I'll tell you right now, your faith will become very effective, ineffective. And there'll be a reason why many are sickly in the body and many die. That's amazing that at a time when the Apostle Paul was there, when John was the beloved was there, when all the, some of the other ones were there, and these guys were having people sick in their body, in their, in their groups, in their assemblies. And they weren't far from Pentecost. But they didn't rightly divide the Lord's Supper. And we could, that, that, that entails a whole lot right there. Just understanding it, what that's saying right there. And did not judge their lives. And that was the reason why many were sick and many died. And many were weak. Now see, if something comes on you because of judgment, beloved, because of not... I'll tell you what, you've got to get the sin out. It's not a matter of your faith. You've got to get yourself right with God. And see, hey, not everybody knows what's going on in everybody's life. And so we can't just take one part of the Word of God. Just Yes, it's true that faith will work in every situation when the heart of the person is right before God. When he believes in his heart. When he confesses with his mouth. When he stands and having done all to stand and endures with patience and faith. He will inherit the promise. But if it's like that case right there, 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, many weak sick, many die among you because they don't judge themselves. Your faith won't work. I'll tell you right now, your faith won't work. Your faith will fail. Won't make any connection. You've got to make connection for that faith to work. So you see, faith is a lifestyle. Now on the other hand, we've got this same fellow David. Now he developed himself in a lifestyle to where he knew his father. Now remember this. This is in his latter part. As he goes off and he's the king. But in his younger day, I don't know why this is, why is this hold out to be so true? When people are young Christians, boy, they got faith like they can move mountains. I mean to tell you, just look out because the, I've heard more preachers, preachers come up and say, boy, when I was first in the ministry, I just, boy, I had so much faith. I just had, I saw miracle after miracle. I just had all kind of faith. But as they got on later, later, you know, later on, why? Because the life of faith is so deep that people do not pursue it they do not judge themselves they do not get into an area to where they know they've got to walk the love walk 
they don't get that closer and closer and closer. They get to a certain point and say, that's all I want. This is getting too much of my private life. And so, consequently, they get a little bit further and further and further. Now, David, when he was a young boy, he just stood fearlessly in the face of a lion and in the face of a bear. You say, why did his faith work for him then? He stood fearlessly before Goliath. Why did his faith? He believed in his heart, confessed with his mouth. Well, David did the same thing over here in that, in that other chapter. He knew his God. He knew what he could do. He knew what he would do. He fasted and he prayed and he did all that he could do. But there was no, there was no relief. There was no victory. I don't know what God told you to do. I know what God told me to do. Now, I could have been very easy in disobedience. When I was ready to leave school, there was, there was the furthest thing I wanted to do was to come back to this area. And I say that because we, we, we fought the good fight of faith. I mean, you know, we got to a place. We, I couldn't explain to you the year we spent down there, and I just finally got a little bit of rest. I mean, you know, I got a little bit of sleep finally. Got out of school and, you know, was just doing one thing. I mean, dear Lord. And the Lord says, time to pack and go. Well, now, why couldn't I just go and stay down there and just pastor a church down there or just, you know, say, Lord, I'll just do anything. I'll just find whatever my hand finds to do down here. I'm going to do it. I'm not living in any grave sin. I'm not being, you know, disrespectful for the things of God. And I have not backslid so as to speak and, and left God. See, some people have had God speak to them years gone by and said, I've called you to a work. To a ministry. I've called you to do such and such. And you could pray for them people till you wear the hair off their head. And I'll tell you what, they'll not get their victory in certain areas. They may get healed in other areas, but in certain areas they'll get you'll get them to a place to where they just can't get delivered. And then as a matter of fact, Brother Hagin talks about someone that he prayed for like that. Said, I prayed this woman got healed for every other thing except her arthritis. Bad case. Whatever it was. Said I just couldn't make it out. I don't know why she didn't get healed. Why? Why? People want to know why. Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? Well, she finally says, Brother Hagin, she said, I was 13 years old when I was called into the ministry, to the missionary field. I never answered that call. This was some many years gone by. The mercy of God will only go so far. The grace of God will only, he could only, you know, strive with you for so long until your heart becomes so hard and you just won't answer the call. What did he do? He had to judge her. He had to judge her. See, so don't, don't, uh, like I said, you don't know the life, the story behind somebody's life. We have no right to say, well, now look, now this here, this here lady, she, she's busy, she was judged. Brother, I'm not going to fool with God's judgment. You say, I don't understand, why did the baby have to die? I'm not even going to touch it. I'm not God. I didn't do it. Do you see my point? Let God be God. He judged them. He said the baby had died. I know they had another one called Solomon and he loved him. I don't know. I'll say this. It pays to be obedient to God. And I'll say this. He would have never died if he was obedient to God. And I'll say something else. That lady wouldn't have died if they had been obedient to the Spirit of God also. But they got off into an area of foolishness and presumption and that woman who gave birth to a baby and bled to death. Is that the will of God? No. Why'd she die? Because faith isn't what some people think it is. You got to know it. David got to a place when he, when he fought the lion and the bear and Goliath, he knew he knew his father God. Now the words that came forth from his spirit were like this. 
Well, the same God that delivered me out of the hand of the lion and the hand of the bear is the same God that will deliver me from you, Goliath. This day I'll cut off your head and give your carcass to the fowls of the air. How do you know that? See, faith knows. Say this with me. Faith knows. Faith knows the answer. Faith has the answer now. The answer is now. Because faith is now. See, faith says, I got it, not I'm going to get it. He said, this day, this day, you're delivered into my hand. Faith knows the answer. There was no need to do some things that we do because faith says, I have the answer now. They could have prayed around her all they wanted. But you see, when you get off into an area of foolishness and presumption, things happen. I'll give you another example. Two great men of God, great men of God, affiliated with the Hagen Ministries. And I say this only for teaching purposes. I want you to know this. I want you to understand these things. We get off and say, now, oh, now why this great man of, man of God? Why did this happen? And you put your trust in men. Don't put your trust in men. Put your trust in Jesus. I mean great men of, men of faith. Great men of faith. And they were in this airplane. And they were told, don't fly. Don't land. There's too great of a fog. The equipment's out. We, we can't tell. We can't tell. We, you, you can't, won't be able to see. We can't tell. You just don't, don't land. Go somewhere else. Well, they attempted. I mean, great men of faith. Great men of faith. This is recently. Brother Hagin says, Spirit of God moved upon me. And the Spirit, he says, and he brought them to, my, to me. And I saw an airplane. He said, and I just didn't have the time for it. He said, I just, I just didn't pursue it. I just didn't pursue it far enough. Now, here's great men of faith. Great men of faith. They came down and crashed, and they both got killed. Both of them. They were told not to. Brothers and sisters, it pays to obey even natural laws. I, I don't preach presumption. And, and since I'm on the subject, when you believe God for your children, don't send them to school if they, you have not seen the manifestation of something that could be contagious. You say, that's not faith. Yes, it is. Where are they going to get faith? At a, you, know, you know, faith healing means you are giving them the word. What do you think faith healing is? Are they going to get the word there? No. Is everybody going to get upset? Yeah. Is everybody going to say, look what they have? Yeah. Now, my little girl was attacked with something or other. I don't even, know, I don't even care to know. Discuss what it is. This, this past night, and uh, we prayed the prayer of faith and cursed that thing in the name of Jesus. That thing left, went over on the other side of her face. <laughs> we laughed. Said, in the name of Jesus, we cursed it. But I told my wife, I said, now, honey, I said, uh, you feed her the word, etc., etc." I said, but she don't have to come out of the congregation. Now, I, I told her that just let her see the sit back there. Keep any way you want to do it. I said, you just go ahead and do it. It's fine with me. Any way you want to do it, just get free of the work. But you see, she was all right to where she could come. 
And beloved, that's not doubt. Your kids need to hear the word. You need to, you need to hear faith to drive that sickness out of their body. And if that's the medicine that they're taking, then they need that to drive it out of their body. They're not getting help any, any, anywhere else. And on the other hand, I'll tell you what, it's going to do worse damage than it is going to be good. Faith works, but faith, I, I don't know where uh, either, either uh, wisdom comes in or, or what. I just always understood that people knew these things. Those fellas should never land in that plane. I tell you something, I believe God can do it, friends, if you're in a dire emergency, etc., you know, in certain cases. And as you're led by the Spirit of God. But did you notice that these two great men of faith, God was not out in that area of presumption and did not help them? Why? Didn't they have faith? Yeah! They had faith. Why did it work? Wasn't God's will? Sure it was God's will. Wasn't God's will they die? When you get over off in the air of presumption, you get into the devil's territory. When you get into the devil's territory, he can sift you like wheat. He desires to do it. Do you see what I'm saying? I've never operated, I don't want to operate in presumption. Faith is real. It works. It's in your heart. But it's not designed to be used in foolishness. And it's not designed, obedience is better than sacrifice. It's not designed to make up for your mistakes. It's better that we don't make the mistakes and be obedient than it is to have to exercise our faith in the area of forgiveness because one day it may be that kind of a situation. It pays to hear the voice of God and be led by the Spirit of God. These things work together for your good. Now, you can't accuse these men of not having great faith. They had great faith. But there was an area of disobedience. You're not going to jump off this building and think you're not going to get hurt if you do it on purpose. Now, if it's an accident, you may call upon the angels and you'll be protected. But the Bible says we're not to tempt the Lord our God. I think these things need to be said. I sense in my spirit they need to be said. And I'll say this. Every article I've ever read, and I say it, I'm not even going to mention it, but every article I've ever read are very inconsistent in the Word of God. Very inconsistent and just make excuses in saying that, you know, this, that, or the other thing about faith, but it, it, not one of them that I ever read. Not, it, not one will substantiate anything that, that they're saying. They cannot find the Scriptures to substantiate what they're saying in those, scripts, in, in, in those articles. Your faith will work for you all the time to get you healed, delivered, saved, set for no matter what it is. But you must live a lifestyle behind that faith that you are in contact with the Spirit of God and you know Him, you know His love for you, you're walking in obedience, you delight to do His will, you walk in the ways of righteousness, you walk in the ways of truth, you're walking in the ways of the Word of God and as you have that frame of mind and as you walk in the light as He is in the light and you're cleansed by that precious blood of Jesus, you just reach out your arm of faith and blessed be God, it'll work and make connection all the time. All the time. But you slip off into the air of foolishness, and Satan will sift you like wheat. Because that's exactly what he wants to do. Can you imagine? She's lying there dead, but their confession was she's fine. Who teaches that? Nobody. I don't teach that. I've never heard any man of faith teach something like that. 
What's happened? People's minds are getting off the truth. And they've taken the doctrine and they run with it. And they've caused wildfire and fanaticism, wrongdoing, damage to the kingdom of God, to the integrity of the word, to the name of Jesus. But blessed be God, there's nobody living like that. Amen? We know how faith works. We know how faith works. We know how to use our faith properly. Amen? Amen. These are just some principles we need to know and understand. Friends, believing, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth is the very great truth of the Word of God. But you've got to believe it in your heart. Do you hear me? You've got to believe it in your heart. And it doesn't say if you believe in your heart for somebody who's dead. It says if you believe it in your heart, you shall have what you say. Not for somebody else. See, faith will work. It's a lifestyle. It's worked for you all the time. Designed to work and never fail. And if you know your heavenly father like David knew, that's a great example of, of a man of faith. That's a great example. That you could stand before the lion and you could look that lion right in the face and say, Lion, huh, I know him. You're bred for me. And kill it. And that bear come along and look you right in the eye and you say, Bear. See, that's what faith does. It doesn't look to the right nor to the left. Faith looks the problem right in the answer. It has no other frame of reference. Let me say this for the sake of, of healing. When you believe that you receive your healing, when you're speaking against anything that's attacking your body, if you're going the total faith way, you have no other frame of reference. You will get it by the power of God, period. If you're not going that way, then you must still be specific with your faith. If you are believing through, some, through the medical field, then be specific with the medical field. And you begin to say, for example, I believe that the Spirit of God will be in the room when surgery takes place. And I believe, etc., etc., etc. But we've got dear saints that don't even do that. And they're at the mercy of the doctor. And they're not at the mercy of the Lord. So consequently, they have not even exercised or developed their faith through the medical field, through that route. What I'm trying to say is we have got to use our faith properly in order for it to work. And if it's that way, then we've got to use it that way. If it's, if it's the way of medical science, you've got to use it that way. Your faith will work. I'll tell you what. I, I'll be honest with you right now. I'd rather see that woman go into a hospital and have that baby. Would you? I mean, i like to see her, you know, utilize her faith to the utmost. But dying didn't prove anything. I'd rather see her go to hospital. Have a baby. Especially when you're near a presumption. Can you see that? Can you see how faith works? That's why I, we're going to keep this, like I said, this one tonight where we have a missionary come. We want to keep ourselves in an atmosphere to where we are continually hearing how faith works. How to use your faith. How it can be most effective. It's going to be most effective when you are walking in close communion and fellowship with your Father God, 
rightly discerning the Lord's body, walking in the love of God, and everything you do as an act of faith is motivated and energized by the love of God. And your faith will never fail you. But if you've not purposed to walk that close to Him, then you're left at the mercy of the world system, the consequences of what happens in trusting the arm of flesh, etc., etc. Can you see that? Your faith will never fail you. And I don't plan on letting mine fail me, do you? Mine's going to work. But we've got to know this. We've got to understand these things. See? Either faith will never take the place of your acting in obedience. Never take its place. If God told me to come to Midland and be a preacher, then I've got to come to Midland and be a preacher. There's a great deal of churches that have nobody coming, no growth, no development, minister could hardly even eat, etc., etc., so on and so forth. You know why? Because he's in Beaver and he was called to somewhere in Minnesota. You say, isn't he preaching the word? He may be. You say, well, if he just preached the uncompromising word, no, wouldn't work. You say, why? He's in disobedience. I said, God can't bless you when you're in disobedience. Can't do it. I don't care how much faith you have. I don't care how long you fasted. I don't care how much you read today. If you're in disobedience, your faith can't work. Friends, it pays to obey God and avoid His judgment. Amen. Can you see that? Let's, let's, have, let's give faith a good name. A good name. A good name. Believe it in your heart. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.